This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The subject this year, this theme for our time together is listening for learning and love. And this new season of podcasts is only one month long, and I am truly amazed at the amount of the material in the scripture and current nonfiction books on the subject of listening. Now, I know you're like I am, you want to investigate a subject or look for a new shirt or want to see about a color you're suddenly liking, and everywhere you turn, there it is. That's how I feel. And so today I want to go back and talk again about this listening for life. Listening for life. It's listening for learning and love, but learning and love is how we live our life. And so the two questions I want to ask today or comments are, one, do you know who you listen to? Do you know who you listen to? And two, are you a servant listener? Are you a servant listener? Do you know who you're listening to? An infant child hears and listens to the voice of his parents, particularly his mother, I have read that within the first hours of a child's life, an infant will turn his head toward the sounds of his mother's voice in the same room. Now, some small children listen and listen, and then suddenly sounds begin to come from their voices, sounds they've heard and how they are now replicating. I say that, and I still smile over the fact that my daughter, who was maybe 20 months old, 22 months old, and she had her finger up and was wagging it to her baby doll saying, no, 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 no. Now I think, ugh, that wonder where she learned that. No, 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 with her finger wagging. But this happens with children. They hear sounds, they hear sounds, they hear sounds, and then suddenly they start to replicate them and repeat them. Learning a foreign language requires our listening to the spoken language so we can re- reproduce the sounds our ears have heard. Um, uh, We all know small phrases from various languages. Merci, merci. When you look at merci on a piece of paper, it looks like mercy, M-E-R-C-I. Merci. You listen to that and you know that it is how it is pronounced in the language of French. We learn early to listen to our teachers, our pastors, our parents, and now, of course, we listen to TV and movies and po- and podcasts and more series on television and more streaming possibilities than any one human could possibly imagine. And we hear things on a series that suddenly become uh, a part of our language. I can still remember the first time I, I realized this was happening when people were going, duh, and I thought, 
well, where did duh come from? Well, it came from a television show that everybody was watching, and now everyone was saying duh, D-U-H, not even a word at that time. Or how about commercials? You should have had a V8. Oh, and you hit your forehead and you say, I should have had a V8. We listen to things, and then they become a part of who we are. When I think about creation and its beginnings in its unformed condition, unformed, the scripture calls the whole of whatever there was, it was unformed. And the voice of God, the creation listened to. He listened to the voice of God and what he commanded happened waterways and sun and moon and stars and atmosphere and mankind and womankind. The voice of God in the Ten Commandments and how it altered the course of the Israelite people. And the prayer life of Israel and the Shema, Shema, S-H-E-M-A. And it is said that those of Jewish descent would like to die saying the words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's what the Shema means. And the Jewish population does hope to die reciting this Shema, which they do morning and evening, morning and evening. Well, Deuteronomy chapter 6 has been a very um, important message to the message of modern homemakers, formerly homemakers by choice, Deuteronomy, um, the Old Testament, chapter 6, especially verses 4, 5, 6, 7, and right on into 9, right through through 9. I'm going to read it to you. Hear, O Israel... The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. The Lord is one. That is the Shema. It goes on to say, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you are away, when you lie down, When you rise up, bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, it is a very common practice for those who live in the Holy Land, for those who are of Jewish descent, to have, um, oh, I can't say it, uh, on the door lentils of their house, a small silver container that has these exact words uh, rolled up inside. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I can still remember reading, bind them as a sign on your hand. And I looked down at my hands and I thought, we look at our hands far more than we look at anything else ourselves. And here the scripture is telling us to bind these important words on our hands and then put them on an emblem on your forehead. And when you look at another human being, the first thing you look at is their eyes, their forehead. So he's telling us to recite them to our children when we're at home, when we're away, when we lie down, when we stand up all the time. And this 
command that he's asking us to listen to, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, your mind, your heart, it's not only found here in the Old Covenant, it's repeated again in the New Covenant. So this is a very important part of our call to listen to God and listen to what he calls us to do and help by reciting this to our children so that they understand it. I was thinking about new covenant and people who listened in the new covenant. The disciples became disciples by hearing Jesus say, come and follow me. And they did. They dropped their nets and they went. And the young man who came to Jesus and said, what must I do? I have followed all these things. And Jesus said a simple thing to him. Go and sell all your wealth. The man turned out to be very wealthy. And it was too much for him to do. He heard what Jesus said, but he couldn't do it. And the disciples heard what Jesus said, come, stop doing what you're doing, come. They not only heard it with their ears, they heard it with their heart, and they dropped their nets, and they went to follow. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of the Lord. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of God. And then James tells us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Probably the Proverbs tells us most about hearing when it says that we are to give an answer before hearing. If we give an answer to a question before hearing what the question says, before hearing the speech that goes with the question, then our hearing is folly and shame. Pretty strong words, pretty strong words. Well, I've been thinking a lot about this word, and I'm perfectly, repeatedly surprised and surprised and more surprised. And just this very morning, I was um, having my quiet space with the Lord, and I went to Isaiah chapter 55, which for those of us who have been around the church, uh, readers of the Bible, this is very familiar to us. And it's an invitation to an abundant life. He says, come and thirst. If you have no money, it doesn't matter. Come and eat. And then he says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, for he is higher. His thoughts are higher and his ways are higher. It's a very profoundly repeated question, for you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. And in verse 3, and I, I'm always feeling this way. I've never read this before. Now, I've read through the Bible many times, and I've read Isaiah 55 even more times. And here it says, Incline your ear, come to me, listen so that you may live. Not a verse that I had even had in my series of passages and portions of scripture that I have been studying this summer to prepare for this series. Listen so that you may live. Titling this class today, Listening for Life. And I think listening and knowing who you listen to is an important first question. So who do you listen to? 
Can you say quickly who you listen to? Who do you listen to the most? Do you listen to some program on television, some podcast of someone you really love? Do you listen to my voice before you listen to God's voice or before you listen to anyone else's voice? Do you listen to the voice of your children? Who do you listen to? Now, who you listen to is how you live your life. The second thing I want to say to you is this phrase came up in my reading, and I was so touched by it. And the phrase was, the important part of listening was to be a servant listener. Serving as a listener is a concept that is brand new to this old girl. A servant listener? Um, I, I, my, one of my closest friends in the world uh, said, we were talking, this is decades ago, we were talking about, we were not very good servants. And we, we lived among a group of women who were exceedingly good servants, and they were always doing things. And we would laugh behind closed doors and say, they're just showing us up. We have no servanthood at all. And there was a song that was very popular at the time. Make me a servant, humble and sweet. And we would talk to each other on the phone, and we'd say, okay, let's sing our song. Make me, well, you know, that singing the song and hoping we become servants was not what the Lord had in mind. But we were very aware of the difference of people who had the gifts of service, and that is a spiritual gift. And we just happened to be hanging out with a bunch of girls who did have that spiritual gift. But we also began to understand what we needed to do to be people who were servants to one another, to each other to our families, to our children, to our communities. Never in all these years have I ever considered was I a servant listener. And I have to tell you, the answer to my question is no. No, I am not a servant listener, but I'm very interested in understanding how to become a servant listener. We made for you available a free resource on our website that's called Sacred Listening, and there are 10 steps there. We began this series by going over those steps. But I want to enfold some of those steps back into a fourfold pattern that makes you a servant listener. Not just a good listener, not a listener to anyone, but a listener who wants to serve the person who is speaking. So listen before you speak. Learn before you teach. Hear the call before you lead. And absorb, absorb the word of God before you preach it. I think it, the last one particularly tickles my fancy when I think how many times I've heard something in a sermon just last Sunday, and then I want to repeat it. And I think to myself, I have not observed, absorbed that word before I want to practice it or tell someone else to practice it. So as I was preparing this lesson, I had an incident that took on a very important place in my world, and I want to share it with you. It was an incident, and it's not an incident incident that I'm happy about, but it took the importance of my voice, my thought, over the voice and thought of someone I cared about. 
Did you hear what I said? The incident showed that I was taking the importance of my own voice and my own thought over the voice and thought of someone I cared about. That just, like there were red flags and bells going off, but not until after I had done it. Not till after I'd done it. And after I'd done it, I paused and I thought, I spoke my mind. I asserted myself by talking and my ideas as a priority over the priority of listening to someone I really cared about. I may have even interrupted this friend. And when I, when I typed that into my computer, I thought, why? Why did I do that? And, I, and then I realized that the reason I had done that, because I was convinced that I already knew what she was going to say. <laughs> so it's not only arrogant of me, but there is no part of any of that incident that had servant written over it. I spoke over her. I began to take up the space. And in this case, I was actually the person in charge of this group meeting. I took up the space. I even considered myself an expert on the topic. And I thought, not only did I consider myself an expert on the topic, but then I realized that I wasn't listening to what she had to say about the topic at all. So I called her, and I told her what I've just told you. And I said, tell me what I missed. I I said, Lord, what is it that she wanted to say that I never even gave her space to say. And the reason I didn't give her space to say wasn't because there wasn't space or wasn't because I wasn't interested in it, but because I got so caught up in the first two or three of those that I wasn't listening before I spoke. And I, I didn't absorb what she was saying in a way that I could hear her. And so when she started out and I was sure I knew what she was going to say, I just literally turned her off and just started talking, talking over her. So I prayed and I said, Lord, what is it I'm supposed to say to her? I didn't even feel like I could call and say, I'm sorry. I thought I had to call and say something else. And so this is what the Lord led me to say. Tell me what I missed when I asserted and talked over you and did not listen. That was hard to do because I felt so badly about it, but I was so busted. I was so busted, and I thought, thank you, Lord, that as I talk about this with you, I can acknowledge myself in where I am not a servant listener. We get so used to this kind of behavior that we don't even recognize what's going on. Now, I recognized that I had usurped her. I recognized that, and I immediately fix that. But I didn't recognize these other things until two days later when I was actually putting together this lesson. So we get used to this behavior we don't even recognize. it. We bring it right into our conversations with God, and we tell Him what we want. We don't ask God. I'm, I'm amazed at how many times I gather to pray with people, and what I hear them saying is, Lord, do this, do that. Show us, give us, bring us, instead of, Lord, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? And I think it's because we're not good listeners. When we ask God, show us what you want, tell us what to do, we have to pause and listen. We have to listen to his voice, which we all can hear individually, or we have to 
read his word, which we interpret through the spirit's lens. We assert our identities and take verbal stands about things. My cousin and I were recently speaking about the positions that we are living through here on the vaccine, taking the vaccine, not taking the vaccine. The vaccine is not going to take care of us. The vaccine is not only going to take care of us, it's going to destroy us later. I don't know how many you've heard, probably as many as I've heard, if not more. And she laughed and she said, they think if they say it again, I'll change my position. They're not listening to me. And I thought to myself, isn't that interesting? Are we not listening to one another? And when we hear someone say something that's different than what we feel, are we respectful about it? And I have to tell you that I, I don't even know how to be respectful about these things in the, in the sense that um, we believe something differently and then our health and well-being is at stake. My health, a friend's health. I don't, I don't know what to do, but I do know that God is calling us to listen to each other and say why, listen to the feeling around it, and listen not to change them or to be changed, but simply for the sake of listening. I notice that we talk louder, we talk more, there are more expletives and more opinions, and we listen and we listen less. The position of listening in the servant's position, the servant listener does not live in a rut. They don't listen to the same, 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 same voices and locations and opinions. They listen to hear what an individual is saying. David Benner, who is a professor um, psychology, actually, uh, said these wise words, most of us already think we are good listeners. So when you start down the subject like I'm doing this year, I'm wondering if some of you have said, okay, I, I know how to do that. Let's, let's give this up. And I have to tell you, I, I thought much the same. I thought I'm a fairly good listener. I've been teaching this stuff for two decades. But as I meet with women one-on-one and listen to God together with them, I recognize often the women who come are coming because they know I will spend one hour listening to them and with them in the middle of whatever they're feeling or doing. And I've talked to therapists more regularly, especially since the therapist industry has grown exponentially. And I was just visiting with a young woman who was asking me what it took to be a mentor. She's just turning her late 40s, and she feels called to mentor some young women. She said, what does it take to be a mentor? And we began to talk about what what this looks like and why God called the older women to do it. And and in part of that dialogue, I said, you know, the therapist culture has grown exponentially since the women went back to work because there are no older women to sit around and listen to younger women and talk about marriage and child rearing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's almost always in every marriage one spouse who's most often to be the talkative person. I guess you can guess who that person is at my house. 
And as a young woman, I just wanted David to talk to me. I can still remember this. Like, I, 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 wanted, I was saying it to myself. I was asking the Lord. I was telling David, tell me what you're thinking. I really want to know you and understand you. But it turned out I didn't listen long enough for him to get in two sentences. And the husband that I married, who is different than me, he's very thoughtful. He does not speak fast. He speaks very softly. It requires listening, and it is not something we do fast. But I discovered I wanted to hear what David's heart was saying, so I learned how to listen. It turned out he was happy to answer my thoughtful, interested questions, and just he could talk forever. He knew I just needed to ask the right questions, and then I needed to zip my lip. Just this day, he walked in. No, I walked in to the house, and he was sitting in his study, and I paused, and he said, it's so nice that you acknowledge that I'm here. I couldn't tell whether that meant I don't usually do it (laughs) or the recognition that we all as human beings want. Well, as I end this lesson, I want to remind you that it turned out we want to hear other people's hearts, and yet we don't want to listen to what they have to say. And I want to encourage you that for those of us who do very well with new people, if you're like I am, I, I used to say I love first dates. The first time I meet someone, I'm, I'm fresh and they're fresh and I'm so excited. And then I recognize that um, as I get to know someone, I think I know who they are. Remember, listen before you speak, before you teach, before you lead. Hear the word of God before you preach it. The Benedictine order Uh, which is a group of men who grew to love one another and live together in the 6th century, their whole way of living begins with the word listen. Listen. So listen for life, for your own, for others. It is the plan of the scripture that we be servants and we be servant listeners. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers, and this year we are talking about listening. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of asking yourself, am I a servant listener?